six squirrels. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of How Did This Get Booked? I, of course, am your host, Jake Manning. I'm a veteran of the professional wrestling business for over a decade, and I've held every single job except selling popcorn. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Zane Riley. Zane, how are you doing today, uh, especially with this location change? We are, we are on location, Jake, and I love it. <laughs> At, at the, we were on location at, at highspots.com. Actually, power went out at my house, so uh, luckily we were able to come to the Highspots office. So we are literally just a few feet away from a ring right now, which probably uh, De- Dennis hasn't seen yet. Yeah. And actually, uh, let's bring in our guest for the day, our non-wrestling fan, returning normal Dennis. Dennis, how are you doing today? Great. How are you doing? Good. Yeah, there's, there is a wrestling ring literally within a stone's throw away from you through... Like set up and everything? Yeah, set like up. there's people in it wrestling right now. There are people oh, learning nice. their craft right now who hopefully could be on a show just as classy of a show that we, we just saw today. <laughs> Where you make them watch terrible wrestling shows. <laughs> no, we make them put on <laughs> terrible wrestling shows. That, that's, that's kind of the plan. But uh, uh, Dennis, um, you were on the... I. Uh, I Hurt People, or I Like to Hurt People episode, which was the documentary, and mm-hmm. it was about time for me to start cycling back through to some previous people to be back on, and I was like, well, Dennis hasn't really actually seen a wrestling show, um, so let's bring him back on, but since you saw um, I Like to Hurt People, did that like scratch an itch? Did that get, get like a little urge for you to see any pro wrestling? Or? It did, not like live or anything, um, but it, I was... I've, just kind of was amazed at like the culture around wrestling and everything and it's you know it's fascinating and then uh yeah i, I like to hurt the, people is definitely very fascinating yeah, for sure in the in the wrong way but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah like uh now like friends of mine who are wrestling people they just are into it i can actually sit and watch wrestling with them and i'm not i don't have all these like preconceived notions and shit i'm just like oh yeah let's let's do this let's watch wrestling did you become <clears throat> Did you almost become over, too overqualified for this now? Do we no, have to cut it here? Not, not quite. I, I, like I said, I'm not like searching it out, but I understand it a little better, and I have a better appreciation okay. for it. <laughs> well, he, he watched the documentary, mm-hmm. I Like to Hurt People. That makes him a, an expert on professional okay. wrestling, right. okay, Zane? <laughs> well, I believe we're getting, in that case, we're getting away from our, our wheelhouse. <laughs> I watched Glow on Netflix. So oh, okay. That also overqualified. Uh, well, did did you listen to our Glow, uh, our Glow podcast that we did about this? Oh well, thanks for tuning in, Normal Dennis. It's been another edition. How's this get book? Yeah, we can't even market it to my friends. Yeah, so. I'll just see myself. Yeah, <laughs> quiet on that door. Uh, but anyways, we have uh, the show we were discussing today. Like I said, I feel like this is a good juxtaposition from I Like to Hurt People. Yeah. Uh, today's show that we are discussing today is a rather quick one. So this one might move at a pretty fast click. Yeah. So, uh, you know, don't blink on this yeah. one. But the show that we are discussing today is uh, a WWF, WWE, In Your House 4, Great White North. The show took place in the Winnipeg Arena in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. Friendly Uh, Manitoba. Friendly Manitoba. The Peg, as they call it there, as I learned. uh, I actually went to spring break in Winnipeg. (laughs) That's how backwards I am uh, for fun. And actually, even, even funnier, it was about the time of my 21st birthday. Was that 1995? <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it was it was only a few, only like five years away, really, from mm. 1995, actually. But uh, 1990, oh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's the yep. first thing I thought. I was like, wait, would, would we go back? What does this work? <laughs> but uh, but but no. But the funny part of that about that is, is in Canada you can drink when you're 18. Oh. So on my 21st birthday on a night that's supposed to be about like hey I can drink legally I'm in a place where I could have been able to do that three years shut prior. up bitch so like all these alcoholic 19 year olds yeah. like you ain't shit yeah. well hey. I was an alcoholic 19 year old as well so but I'm just saying the first time I drank legally yeah. okay. it was, was uh, spent in Winnipeg but the attendance for the show was 10,339 people, which was actually double what the prior in your house drew back in, in, um, in the United States. And also, too, it's actually about the combined total of in your house three and two. So it was a very large pay-per-view attendance-wide. It was actually the first WWE pay-per-view in Canada since WrestleMania six in 1990. 
Um, obviously, business was not very good in 1995, <laughs> so basically the idea was let's get international with everything. So this was probably an example of that. Actually, this show drew more fans than the Royal Rumble did that year in 1995. Mm. So this was like the in the experiment of In Your Houses, which were an experiment at this time, because normally it was just like the big Royal Rumble, WrestleMania, King of the Ring, SummerSlam Survivor Series. Mm-hmm. Those are the big pay-per-views. There wasn't these monthly shows that we have right now. And In Your House was the beginning of that. And basically the, the shows in between were 1995, whereas WrestleMania would be like 49.95 or 39.95. Mm-hmm. So these In Your Houses were a little bit cheaper. But that's probably why we only saw six matches, but there were ten matches on the card. Yeah. Which we'll have to make point that there were seven pay-per-view matches um, but there were four additional matches for the live audience before the show. The crowd got to see Bob Holly take on Rad Radford, which uh, Woo! might be better than some of the matches that were actually on the pay-per-view, believe it or not. But then after the show, which it, which is weird, um, that y- your main event on the pay-per-view isn't the main event of the show, in a sense. Well, it, it's not your last match on the show, mm-hmm. I should say. After the show, the, the live audience got to see Henry O. Godwin taking on Psycho Sid. Bret Hart took on Dr. Isaac Yankum. And then Owen and Yoko took on Savio Vega and Bam Bam Bigelow. And actually, it was common for the In Your Houses to do this for quite some time. And that format wasn't scrapped until In Your House 16, Canadian Stampede. Were they switched over to three hours, or they just didn't have that many darks? They just didn't have that many darks. Okay. So it was it was basically like they might have put like eight matches on the card, but like it was getting you know, in your house sixteen is getting pretty close to the point that monthly pay per views yeah. are you know just the same as everything else and no different than anything else. So it's getting to that point. And plus, the how are you going to top? The Hart Foundation taking on Steve Austin, the Road Warriors, mm-hmm. and uh, Ken Shamrock. You know what I'm <laughs> like, you're going you're to put out Southern Justice versus uh, DOA? <laughs> How's that going to work out? <laughs> so, anyways, that's how it goes. But anyways, as we jump into the actual show that everybody saw on the network that is available, we got uh, O Canada being sung by Tony Wilson. Who the, has zero online presence. <laughs> the up-and-coming songwriting yep. sensation. And no, I couldn't find her. <clears throat> I was going to say, like, I had a feeling you you look into it as well. And I'm sure you probably look at it, but there was no, nothing. Nothing. nothing no, zero online presence. Like, this <laughs> is the biggest credit that Tony She Wilson died right had. after this. <laughs> it, it had to. She has to be dead. There's, there's no way. Like I don't know. There were a lot of uh, LinkedIn profiles with Tony Wilson. <laughs> See, I didn't go LinkedIn. I went Facebook. I went Twitter. That's, I didn't go LinkedIn. She probably just went. gave up on her dream. Yeah, she's like, 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 like a normal fuck. person. Like <laughs> you know, I'm just gonna give up. <laughs> that's that's the story she like tells her grandkids. I sang for a wrestling show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All these dudes wrestle each other in their underwear. Canada. <laughs> Well, who knows? It might have been like Bret Hart's favorite Canadian mm, singer. I maybe he had the in on that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe maybe Bret would be like, oh. <laughs> Maybe that was one of his like uh, early side chicks. Maybe. And then he's like, oh, you're, you're awful. He didn't get over as well. He's like, well, get out of here. I'll kill, you. I'll kill your career. And he did. It's like when you're dating a comic and you find out he's not funny. <laughs> no. Uh, moving right along, we get into an announcement from Gorilla Monsoon letting us know that Shawn Michaels will not be wrestling on the pay-per-view, which is actually an announcement they waited to announce just after the pay-per-view started because they were afraid, because business was so bad, they were afraid that if they announced before the pay-per-view... <laughs> that Shawn wasn't wrestling, they'd, they wouldn't even they, come. They, they, wouldn't, they wouldn't buy it, they, and they would cancel their pay-per-view orders. So <laughs> they, they kept that, that information as long as they could. So <laughs> Too late to return now, assholes. <laughs> Pretty much. money to watch this thing on TV, and the first thing you see is a guy say, yeah, Shawn Michaels isn't going to wrestle. Yeah, the, the big star of the show, and actually, like Shawn Michaels versus... <laughs> Uh, Shane Douglas is notice. something that people would really wanted to see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We'll get into why Shawn Michaels didn't wrestle later on in the show, but that's just one of the things we got to say up top. Also, too, the In Your House graphic, I, I, I oh. forgot how much that looked like the Dire Straits Money for Nothing video. <laughs> it looks like a logo for like a daycare or something. It's horrible. <laughs> and then it like video drones into the TV. Like, what are you doing? 
Hanging out in 1995, normal Dennis. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> we'll using video toaster, okay? <laughs> Come on. That was one of the preset graphics. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, it was one of the presets. <laughs> That's the way you do it, all right? Uh-huh. Making that money on Canada TV. Listen, we're, we're just lucky there wasn't like a toaster flying with wings across there. <laughs> <laughs> or, or a little toucan down in the corner. <laughs> of snow buildup. I know. <laughs> that's right I forgot about that screenscaper as well a paperclip telling you how to get through the rest of this <laughs> paperclip coming out and saying Sean Michaels will not be performing tonight <laughs> that'd be even better if like there was like a Jiminy Cricket type thing <laughs> with, with Gorilla Monsoon <laughs> well, hi guys hi guys let you know that Sean Michaels will not be performing on the show that's right paperclip <laughs> I didn't say it you did paperclip send all hate mail to Jiminy the paperclip. Just like uh, Bret Hart had to announce that Macho Man Randy Savage wasn't wrestling on the last show that we watched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Maybe we can make that a theme. Yeah. Like famous people making announcements yeah. <laughs> for, for buying, paying customers. Big letdowns. <laughs> Big letdowns. Um, match number one, we start off with Fatu taking on Hunter Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> or the best match on the card, I would call it. Yeah, this match, like... <laughs> It, it's, it's crazy to say, but like Dennis, you're already laughing. What are, what are your thoughts on uh, this match? I just thought that Fatu's jacket looked like if someone poured Zima into like a jacket mold <laughs> <laughs> and like hardened it. Like <laughs> same could be said for uh, Shawn Michaels. I was going to say like they, they got the, the Pele Pele jacket where they got the same <laughs> shop. <laughs> it wasn't even so much a jacket as it was just a like pleather cardigan almost because it didn't really have like. Uh, like a, like a, a collar or anything, it just kind of veed down Carlton style. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want to believe that Fatu and like Shawn Michaels like, "Hey man, what'd you get with your WrestleMania payoff? Like, Sweet jacket, <laughs> look at these fucking jackets." <laughs> and, like, He's like, like, "Oh that. shit, this I, thing will never look dated or go out." <laughs> Guys, this is gonna be forever. <laughs> but yeah, this is when Fatu is the the man making a difference, which mm-hmm. is a super positive vibe, very pre New Day esque mm-hmm. in a sense. Um, but Triple H, Hannah Hearst Humbly, is basically the guy who's running the show, and here he is <laughs> opening up on a yeah, pay-per-view. The biggest man in wrestling today is jerking curtains. I know. Uh, but also, too, in this, uh, before the match starts, there is a sign. Yes! The crowd. The best part of the entire show. <laughs> which, <laughs> which on our camera says that the, the, the cardboard sign has written on it, Yeah, fucker. Hi, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> the best, the highlight of the show. I saw it and then I had to go back and rewatch it to make sure I just wasn't like <laughs> going crazy. Yeah. Like, is Terry Funk on here? Did they say, hey, Funker? Like, yeah, I thought like, usually when you see a sign, you think it says Funker on it, but like, nope. nope. Yeah, straight up. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> hi, Todd. <laughs> yeah, Fucker. Hi, Todd. Yeah, I got those tickets, you son of a bitch. But, but how about it for Canadians? If you want to say hi, you know, like, if you're using the F word, it's just to say hi to somebody. Yeah. Get somebody's attention. It's not it's derogatory. Still the nicest cursing. Yeah. But, like, how did WWE not catch that and, like, blur that out? This is pay per view, right? Like, did it matter? Yeah, but it's or? on the network now, oh. which kids watch freely. <laughs> and, and it definitely is something that like has been made notice on like Wrestle Crap and other mm. places. Like, there's fucker right there, yeah. WWE pay per view, in the middle of this cartoonish wrestling mm-hmm. show that's going on. <laughs> you mean tell me the paperclip could come out there and block it? <laughs> uh, I, I have to love make note of Jerry Lawler's commentary where he would call uh, Fatu Fat 2 yeah. a lot. That was, that was a lot of food. Um, also, too, for it, it blows my mind, of course, is the, the no-selling of the DDT and then into a super kick, yeah. which is a very 2017 Yeah, it's like right now. Um, but, but, but it's okay because it's kind of got a ra- racial uh, undertone to it because yeah. Samoans have hard heads, therefore they no-sell anything with their Head heads. Head-related, yeah. So that's that's why that I think which for the finish like I as soon as it happened he hits him with the pedigree and I was like well what the fuck does the why doesn't the DDT work but the pedigree does well, and then as soon as I said that they they tell you why on commentary because it's his face and his face is vulnerable but not his head <laughs> thanks love, Jim Ross yeah which I, I love how we have to justify like no 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 like Samoans have hard heads yeah we have to we have to justify the stereotype yeah. it's okay <laughs> guys <laughs> look. It's not racist if it's true, okay? <laughs> and we've shown you that through DDTs and pedigrees. Mm-hmm. Well, if that's the case, why don't we have more Asian referees? Because they're good at counting. No! Because oh! they can't drive to the building. Oh! 
I, I was gonna make a Joey Barilla joke, but that's, that's, that's <laughs> dark, dark turn. <laughs> that's another edition. Of... <laughs> it's there. I'm sorry. There. Like the joke is there. You guys, you figured it out. You're right. It's yourself. not a good joke. No, it's not a good joke. But I mean, literally, we're a couple days after like uh, September 11th. So yeah. imagine how many shitty open mic jokes and I've you, heard. And you just did a roast. So. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, you know where my head's at right yeah. now. Uh, also, too, a sweet diamond cutter from Fatu out of nowhere. <laughs> like, you got to make note of that. Um, also, a pre-match interview, post-match interview with Jerry Lawler and Triple H, where uh, Jerry Lawler repeats a joke about raid underarm, uh, underarm <laughs> deodorants. Yeah, and he named all the cockroaches in his house. Yeah, and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And then like Henry Elgato tries to sneak up with the slop, which leads to the pig pen match that they have later on. Mm-hmm. So. Any other thoughts about this match before moving? I on? just. Uh, Hunter Hearst Hemsley's—he looked like he looks like a, a like a Beauty and the Beast Gaston cosplay that just like went too far. <laughs> Didn't know when to dial it back. Gaston meets like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, almost. yeah. <laughs> you know. Well, I'm sure Stephanie McMahon had to sign a contract before. <laughs> <I talked. laughs> I like that Jim Ross knew that uh, the cologne bottle was called an atomizer. Yeah. I like that he was the one that knew that. It's oh, an yeah. atomizer. What's an atomizer? It's an atomizer. <laughs> Sprays perfume. Yeah, Hugh Lawler's the best. Yeah. Uh, he's just, he really is at this time. He's just on fire. <laughs> Moving right along with the show, we go cut to backstage where we have Doc Hendricks interviewing British Bulldog, Jim Cornette. Um, and they show the turn on Diesel on Monday Night Raw, which I remember happening and... Like, that was, like, a big event in my mm-hmm. life was in the, when the British Bulldog turned heel. Like, I was super, like, upset about it because mm-hmm. I love the allied, allied powers, him and Lex Luger. And then, like, when Lex Luger went away and then British Bulldog team with these, I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to, they're going to show him. And then all of a sudden he hit him from behind. I'm like, no, <laughs> I love British Bulldog. I was so upset as, as a young man. So, drinking illegally probably at that time as well. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it just kind of sets up this whole main event. So I was actually, I remember, I actually bought this pay-per-view and I remember being super excited for it because yeah. of all of that. I remember I, I definitely bought this pay-per-view as well. Sure. And uh, I would not be disappointed, especially with match number two, the Smoking Guns and one, two, three Kid and Razor Ramon in a tag team title match. Man, the Smoking Guns were my fucking shit back then. And I think this is like the moment in time where like Billy starts this outshining Bart. Mm-hmm. Like, I think this is when Billy, like, because they both came, they both kind of started at about the same time and they were, and when they first came in the WWF, I feel like they were kind of at the same talent level. But then there was like this, this shift that was happening and I think this is where we start to see the shift where Billy is just, he's figuring it all out. He's making everybody look like a superstar. Mm-hmm. He's overselling everything like crazy. He's bumping like a maniac and he's just, he's just going for it. Yeah. Like, he was just, on fire in this match. What were your thoughts on this, Dennis? I just, you know, as if wrestling didn't have enough homoeroticism here to come in like two cowboys <laughs> with leather vests, and I was like, okay, this is ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is years before Brokeback Mountain. Here's How much? Jake and Heath coming to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, I mean, I'm surprised their finish maneuver wasn't. I don't know know how to quit you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, mean, that's, I, that's, know, I just know how to quit this match. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's their line for like a, 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 a submissions match. Do you give? I don't know how to quit this. <laughs> As the guys got him in like a sleeper hold or something from behind. <laughs> something, something along those lines. But uh, Dennis, what are your thoughts on Razor Ramon though? Because he's I, super over at this time. He just he just kind of like a looks like a douchebag. <laughs> Him and yep. the one two three kid. It was like like maybe one two three kid wasn't a douchebag, but then Razor Ramon took him under his wing and just like <laughs> made him into a douchebag. Just douched so, him up. Yeah, douched him up. So I was rooting for the smoking guns. I was like, go guys, <laughs> go cowboys, go cowboys. Exactly. <laughs> But uh, so so, did you pick up on like the fact that they were kind of supposed to be good guy, good guy, or or like because they like Razor and Kid, they did kind of do some heelish tactics. Yeah, yeah. So like obviously, I, I figured that they were the heels. Like, okay. and they were. It just seemed kind of like they were the uh, the more nefarious and like you know they were tagging in and out way more often than the smoking guns were. 
know, it just seemed, and it seemed kind of an unfair fight. Like, after a while, they're just, like, beating up on one dude, just, like, taking turns beating up on him. And I was like, this is just kind of villainous. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like, mm. Okay. What did they end up not being villains? Later? Well, I always thought that that was kind of like before it was cool to be Stone Cold Heel. I think I always thought I always thought Razor kind of had that. He was a baby when he was a baby. He was still like very came off hillish. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I, th- I think they had they had, they did a great job of juggling things. Yeah, because both teams are are you know good guys. Mm-hmm. So there is that sense of like okay, we have to kind of manage. Somebody's got to be. Uh, Somebody's got to be a little bit more aggressive, and mm-hmm. and I feel like that's like Scott Hall taking the initiative and going, "Hey, I'm super over. Yeah, I can ev- do this. I can do this." And he's also the bigger of everyone. Yeah. Like yeah, he's a bigger guy, and like he just and we're trying to get to the we're trying to do this slow build to kid turning bad guy anyways. Mm-hmm. So we kind of want it to kind of turn that way anyways. And I like how the commentators make note when kid pulls the ropes down that they're they're questioning whether mm-hmm. or not Razor was in on it yeah, or not. Yeah, yeah. So like there's this ambiguous thing of like his kid kind of on the take it, and he throws the tenter tantrum afterwards and <laughs> all of that. Yeah. One, one of them was like. Oh, these Canadians must like cheating. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, come on, that's like that's like saying like if the Harlem Globetrotters showed up to Canada and they cheered when he dunks from a stepladder, it's like, <laughs> like cheating. It's like it's not fucking cheating. <laughs> it's the show. <laughs> it's just not in the rules yet. Yeah. It's like it's like the guy who came up with Uber. You know what I'm saying? There's yeah. no law against it. <laughs> They're just allowing it to happen. <laughs> Um, also, too, I like the double knockout and the reversal of uh, yeah. the pin. Like, the yeah. crowd really bought it yeah. on one turn. Like, no, shit, I did, too. Yeah, I mean, it was <laughs> fun. That almost should have been the finish as well. Oh, it totally should have. Yeah, the finish was weird. It was different. But, like, they, they were managing so many things in there, and I think it was quite fun. Although that was the let me have it, and he turned it yeah, into a crucifix. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah, he, he hit it, and, like, Razor was like, ah, oh, we got him right where we want him, because, you know, Razor is potentially going for two title yeah. wins in a night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... Never had been done at this time. That's mm-hmm. not what they were, to, to, you know, changing the titles willy-nilly around. So, um, Anyway, this match happened. I liked it. Yeah, it, was it was good. It wasn't it was bad. Good. good. A lot of action. Fun. Mm-hmm. Great. Um, uh, maybe not as much fun as Doc Hendricks trying to sell us life-size stand-ups <laughs> for $25. Well, uh, especially his pitch for the Bret Hart one. Watch you sleep? <laughs> Would you like this thing to be watching while you sleep? Which, I'm going to be honest, guys, it worked because... I fucking bought one. <laughs> I had the Bret Hart cutout and the Bret Hart shirt they show. Uh, it's funny because like they're they're paying the crowd and the lady in the front row is wearing it and then later in the show and the show they show her again and she's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I totally had the Bret Hart shirt and uh, it was when they were still doing one size fits all. Oh, you remember yeah, those right. shirts? I remember those shirts. Yes. Uh, which uh, is bullshit. Because uh, they are. I, I see you as being a guy who would call bullshit on uh, all yeah. sizes fits all. Yes, because uh, I was one of the. I was at like ten years old. Did not fit all of me. <laughs> okay. Uh, they but then later on they turned it into uh, one size fits most. Uh, but it's a large. It was a large size shirt. Okay. That was the the one we got. So if you were a small or large, you were set. But if you were fat kid with uh, self esteem issues. With Bret Hart watching you sleep, <laughs> we don't get to wear this shirt. Yeah, but ladies, if you want Shawn Michaels, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you want to take him home every night. Just you want to stick him a, there every night. You want to stick a dildo on this thing and bang it out. <laughs> Here you go, kids. You like pedophiles? Here's a Canadian. <laughs> Just stare at you and watch you wow. sleep. <laughs> He'll protect you in the middle of the night. <laughs> Don't worry, kid. I sharpshooted that demon. <laughs> I'm surprised there wasn't a chapter in Bret's heart, Bret Hart's book where he talked about how his life-size uh, stand-ups like, saved so many children from nightmares yeah. at night. Because that sounds like something he would have wrote in his yeah, autobiography. Yeah. It was my idea to have a cardboard cutout. And, uh, For all the kids who are afraid of the dark. And to give them, you know, power and empower them to get through their fears that my life-size stand-up help these kids in their fear of the dark. Like, that's something he would Yeah, he totally like, would. Absolutely. It's probably in the forward somewhere. I usually skip right over those. Well, it's, it's in the unbridged version. Okay. It's, they had to dumb it down for the U.S. version a little bit. They had a in, the can- in the Canada version, though, it's all over the place. Oh, yeah. All he drew over. pictures of it and everything. <laughs> well, like, I wish somebody would draw a picture of our next match, which is <laughs> match number three. Marty Jannetty taking <sighs> on... Gold dust. And this match, I'll let you know, is only 11 minutes long. But only? 
felt like it, it, it went on forever. It's like a four-hour match. Yes. Martin Gennetti, like, you know those... Martin? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think Martin, Marty's short did, did for? You, did, you, did you look look up his court records and his mugshots? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mart Tholomew over here. <laughs> Anywho, that guy... You, you ever see those paper novelty lamps? And that's like a piece of paper, and there's a fan underneath it, and then there's a light. So it looks like oh, a, a real like a fire. Flame. Yeah, it looks like okay, a yeah. F- it looks like that's what he wore to the match. Okay, <laughs> he just looked like a paper novelty lamp. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, the fringe was a little bit out of control, like right over the top. <laughs> like I get, like the like the rockers fringe never got that ridiculous. Yeah. I don't think. Like they really had to stand out over Shawn Michaels now. Yeah, but also too, it's just like I mean that's like. Fringe level that Macho Man would wear on the ring jacket on the way to, to the ring. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that would he wrestle with. So, but uh, just a little piece of information, a fun fact. This is actually Marty's first pay per view match since the Royal Rumble in 1994. And this is Dustin Rhodes, Dust's first uh, pay per view match since Royal Rumble 1991. Uh, but it is the debut of the Goldust Gold gimmick, which is actually the character. That probably led him to the future WWE Hall of Fame. Yeah, this is our first time seeing an iconic down. character that has spanned over several decades. Probably the most recognizable mm-hmm. WWE superstar of all time. Uh, Dennis, what are your thoughts on seeing Proto Goldust? He's there today as that. Yes, I, I just think it's the creepiest thing I've ever seen. Success. And his intro is the longest, most drawn out thing ever. And then it 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 take it took longer for that fight to start than it takes for James Brown to sing the national anthem. <laughs> you're just like halfway through. You're like, come on! And then <clears throat> my knees getting tired kneeling through this thing. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's what. We, that, I mean, yeah, if you want to end guys kneeling for the national anthem, just have James Brown. These <laughs> like, right, guys are like, oh my knees, it's uh, too bad. <laughs> then they just you... switch knees. You're like, damn it. <laughs> I look like an asshole now. <laughs> this old guy, if, if, mm-hmm. if he just sang "Coming to America," like this, go a lot faster. <laughs> yeah, why is that our national anthem? Yeah, but uh, actually, you know, this is—they they talk about Marty Jannetty's demons yeah. in the commentary, which is funny because this is 1995, and Marty Jannetty has a whole bunch of fucked up shit he has to do yet. <laughs> those demons are still there. <laughs> Bret Hart has not saved him from those demons. He did not get one of those cardboard cutouts. <laughs> For sure. Actually, fun fact: uh, I was supposed to wrestle Marty Jannetty one time, um, but it was five o'clock somewhere. Too busy trying to bang out his daughter. Wait, which five o'clock is the international time for having sex with your daughter? Like, (laughs) (laughs) oh god, because supposedly there's this girl who he thinks is his daughter. But he's not for sure. He just found out it wasn't. He just found out it wasn't, but he's been asking people on Facebook, "Hey, should I still have sex with her?" Like, I raised her as my daughter for so long, but she's not. Can I fuck her? (laughs) <laughs> if you guys really love me you'll let me know wow and this is the guy you so uh, normal Dennis what do you think <laughs> it sounds really European <laughs> I don't know <laughs> like, what's your thoughts like, on incest normal Dennis if you, if, you, <laughs> if you raise someone as your child even if they're not biologically related to you you should not have sex with just, there, right there, are some, there are some kind of just relationships that you forge with other people now, that you shouldn't, you know, drag sex with. Well, uh, I say this. Uh, I believe Marty Jannetty is from Georgia. <laughs> yeah, then, and she's smoking hot. Like, yeah, then go for it, Marty. She's super hot. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, I'm going to write you down in the maybe column. That is... <laughs> 50-50, depending on location. <laughs> yep. uh, also should be pointed out, they, they were trying to do everything they possibly could without calling Goldust gay, because that, yeah. that pretty much was what he was pulling and where a lot of his heat came from, was from some very, you know, backwards wrestling fans getting mm. very mad and, it, you know, be like, oh, I mean, this is very progressive to have like, somebody mm-hmm. who would be doing homoerotic <clears throat> stuff on on television like this and they were trying to pull out people's insecurities about gay people at this time mm. and that's basically what wrestling was was pulling out of that but they were doing everything except saying that like i remember the word that they always used and they used it in commentary uh androgynous yeah and uh, there's bizarre a, great, a lot yeah, bizarre and they, they even made a point of you know vince was saying he's very uh very much on the androgynous side to which jerry Lawler goes androgynous well, if you put a hat on it, that should cover it up. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, I don't know what that is, but I love that comeback. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Jerry. 
Also, too, Jared was on fire, too, because you move all the movie references and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like, the, he gave Marty a backdrop. He goes, oh, that's from the movie Airplane. It <laughs> just flew like an airplane. And then, like, all of a sudden, like, he's punching Marty in the face. And Jim Ross goes, oh, you're probably saying that's from a fistful of dollars. He's like, no, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Stupid. <laughs> Why can't we have more of this yeah. Jerry Lawler? Like, <laughs> we get ratings back up? I got you. Also, too, uh, uh, they were talking about famous Canadians, and all they could come up with was Wayne Gretzky and Monty Hall. Yeah. <laughs> like, what about John Candy and Pam Anderson? Like, <laughs> seems a bit more timely. It's, it's like it's like I don't know. Maybe they thought John Candy was an American, the same way people think Neil Young is an American. Oh. And he's a Canadian. Oh, okay, Neil Young's Canadian. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gotta go. Keep Everything's a lie. I gotta go burn some records. <laughs> so Goddamn when, Canada. So when he was saying keep on rocking in the free world, he was bitching about Toronto? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he lived in America forever, so he was just bitching about the country that he lived in. Okay. All right. Yeah. He just liked to bitch. He just is being a, yeah, rock and roll is all about bitching in an aggressive fashion. It's fun to dance to. Okay. So he nailed it. Yeah. He was crazy about horses. <laughs> Seven men don't need him around anyhow. <laughs> uh, a major uh, a botch by Janetti. I, mean, I really feel like Janetti's like really shooting to keep a job right now. Yeah, real the, hard. At the expense of like Goldust's debut. Mm. Like Goldust is like, I just I just want to have a good match. And, Let him flip for you, man. Yeah, just like the back flip off of there. And then another no-sell DDT mm-hmm. into a rock, rocker dropper. And then like... This finish obviously got messed up. Was it the way he like goes for the splash and he just lands on his feet and yes. then gives him the elbow to the back? Because I think it was supposed to be well, was supposed to put the boot up uh, and then give him what I guess would be kind of what we got to. Yeah, kind of we got to eventually. But at this moment in time, this is before like the curtain call mm-hmm. and all that stuff. They just, it was just a gore buster, and they change it to the reverse suplex eventually as well. How on the fly do these decisions get made, and how often does like going off script, so to speak, See, happen? See, I, I feel like at this time they're calling a lot in the ring right now because mm-hmm. I feel like you still have that era of guys when they came up. It was call it in the ring. They'd have a finish. They'd have a couple of spots they do. Also, too, like, they're doing a lot of house show matches mm-hmm. that I'm sure were called in the ring, and they would just be, like, on TV or on paper, be like, hey, why don't we do a couple of those spots we did at the house show? We'll just kind of put them in where they see fit. So, like, the probably was like, hey, go to this spot. Hey, go to this spot. And they just go to the sequence and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And they might have called some stuff in between and stuff like that. But this moment here would have definitely been, like, well, this would, this would have been called. Yeah. And it just got fucked up. Yeah. Because Goldust would have been making his debut specifically on this. I don't mm. think they would have done a bunch of house shows yeah. leading up to that. They might have, though. This was a different time. This was like... I mean, like, just this one moment of the finish itself. Oh, like, yeah. yeah the finish would have been the one thing for sure they would have had together. Yeah. So, I don't know what the communication was. If it was... Like, you'd think if, you know, Marty was going to the top and, you know, you got to give him the boot. That's the only time he's going to the top. But he could yeah. do that. So, I don't know what happened, what went wrong. But it's very interesting to see a guy... Um, and especially a character that is going to be in the Hall of Fame, you know, and this is the first match of it. Like, you know, everybody's talking about right now, the beginning of football season, the Patriots, like, got the butt whooped by Kansas City. And yeah. People are like writing them off for dead, <laughs> you know, and it's like this situation of like even gold dust. Like, I'm sure at this moment in time, they're like, well, this gold dust thing is dead in the water. Fucked up. <laughs> you know, fucked up. And I'm sure dust, Dustin Rhodes is like, really? This is, this is my life right now. <laughs> uh, this is where I'm at. But now he, to, the, to this day, he's still with the company. He's actually, I'd say his matches are even better now than oh, they, yeah. they, they were at this time. So he's in better shape and he's doing all kinds of great stuff. So How old is he now, you think? Jake, you wrestled him. Yeah, I've wrestled him a couple <clears> of times. <throat> different incarnations. Um, Probably, he's got to be in his 40s. Yeah. Had to oh, yeah, be, yeah, yeah. For sure in his 40s. But like, tell you what, I wrestled him probably about three or four years ago. And it was just a simple, like, same spot he starts off with every time. It was like a tackle, uh, drop down, reverse hip toss thing. And he told me ahead of time, he goes, hey, just to let you know, when I hit the ropes, I'm going to take off real fast. So you better catch up. No. And so I keep on. have your wings on, boy. Pretty much. Mm. Pretty much. And he's like 10 plus years my, my senior. Mm. He had a strong enough tackle and he hits the ropes. I fucking had to struggle 
just to fucking get where I needed to be for this spot to go off properly. Man. He is still a fast motherfucker in the ring, at least as of four or five years ago. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's 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 cool to see <clears throat> that this did not derail a Hall of Fame career. That's very <laughs> very interesting to see. If you would have told me that, I wouldn't have guessed it. Yeah. So. But I think everybody kind of knew what we have in store for us next in match Jesus number four. Fucking Christ. King Mabel with Sir Mo taking on Yokozuna with James E. Cornette. Which basically this match happened because they're like, well, since you two broke The Undertaker, wrestle each other. Um, Dennis, what are your thoughts on these two behemoths going at each other? like. <laughs> Two fat guys like fighting for the last jumbo sized baby Ruth and station, <laughs> just like flubber. It's like if the robots in Pacific Rim like just ate their feelings and decided to punch it out. <laughs> like half the fight is them slowly climbing the ladder back into the ring. Like, oh. Yeah, it was great though. This is my favorite match. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> I like it when like it takes forever for anything to happen and then they resolve it with hugging. <laughs> I like when shit's really built up and it's really anticlimactic. Yeah. He's like the, the positivity at the end of it. Like, that's when he was really like, you know, all these guys are fighting and they hate each other afterwards. I just like when the two two grown men working together. You know? like, that's to, what we need more of. In to make country. sure each other doesn't fall down. <laughs> it's like the reason why I watch Unscripted with uh, Skip Bayless and, and, and Shannon Sharp. I just like seeing two grown men like listen to each other. That's <laughs> <laughs> my favorite thing about it, is one talks, the other one shuts up. One talks, the other one shuts up. Like <laughs> that's how the world needs to be. That, that, that's how Dennis likes watching wrestling. He just likes seeing guys hug it out afterwards. <laughs> Uh, I like King Mabel's entrance. They had him like they're carrying him in like he's King Xerxes and he's got like a bedazzled Burger King crown. It was awesome. I was like, yes. Which good on those guys that carried him out. Yeah, right. Yeah, no kidding. They got their workout for the week. Like he, because yeah, he, he weighs a ton, but yeah, I think that chair has to be able to hold that much. So that chair probably weighs fucking three hundred pounds enough, mm-hmm. like itself. And then, of course, you know, there's like a random weird bulldog that kind of doesn't happen. <laughs> and then also, too, Yokozuna falls on Cornette. You know, just I think, casually as a war brother. Yeah, just kind of lazily. And then, like, they lazily get back in the ring. And, like, I <laughs> I was reading up on this on, like, uh, Russell Crap and some other places. And they were like, they made mention that, like, it was amazing how bad this match was because, like, these two actually wrestled each other before mm-hmm. and it was good. Yeah. Like, these two guys exchange body slams on each other mm-hmm. and another part of the match they had the gift playing of them body slamming each other like Mabel picking up Yoko and Yoko picking up Mabel like they, why, did, why were why able did, to pick each other up yeah like they, they were able to do that and the thing is it's like they had the potential to do some cool shit but they're yeah. like no, nah, not today. Fuck it, guys. Like, and when they would exchange stuff, like people would get behind it. Like, this had the potential of doing something, and and they don't have to work that much harder, yeah. like, nor at all. Yeah. So I just, I don't really get it. I guess we were supposed to hate it because you know why would we like it? The commentators were disgusted by it. They're like, oh no, they're hugging it out. God, yeah, <laughs> even so. they didn't like it. Yeah, but I think we weren't supposed to and like they it. They wrote it, but like, <laughs> but like, I, like I said, I don't think we we're supposed to like it. But like already, like we have like false advertisement. Mm-hmm. Already, we're only getting like six or seven matches. Yeah, you know what I'm saying like. Yeah. Kind of like, and one match is just set up to push along a storyline. Mm-hmm. Another one's kind of a debut of a guy. Like, don't you want to give somebody something? Yeah. Like, when you do, like, hey guys, uh, maybe give a little bit more out there tonight because we got a whole lot of strikes against us. Yeah. Like, you'd think that that would be something to discuss. But yeah. Cool. But uh, clearly not. Clear, clearly not. Clearly not. Um, we move on to an ad for Survivor <clears throat> Series. But then we got to get right into the public shaming of Shawn Michaels. Uh, Shawn Michaels, who was under uh, concussion protocol, which was hardly ever done at this time, but it is done definitely for Shawn Michaels. I remember the the whole handing over the title being used a lot in the Tell Me The Lie music video. All the time, like especially the part where Dean Douglas like snatches mm. that intercontinental belt in like a super dickish way. Um, <laughs> there was a lot of foreplay leading into like 
And the last time I saw that much foreplay, like just leading into someone handing someone else a belt, and I was watching lesbian porn. I was just like, "Come on, guys, hand the hand the belt off." But yeah, they, they, they drug up. this out for a, a while now. But yeah, if you think about like the, the running total of this entire show was just under two hours, I'm sure they might have been like, hey, stretch this, stretch <laughs> this, stretch this. But uh, they kind of make mention of it, but they kind of glaze right over it a little bit of this whole incident. This is a very well-documented incident in professional wrestling. It was the Shawn Michaels beating that he, that he took, mm. which... Uh, for my research, I got a lot of research on this. Uh, is Andrew, are you familiar with the story at all of Shawn Michaels outside of a Syracuse nightclub? Oh, yeah, we got beat up. Yes, basically, they were at a place called Club 37. Shawn Michaels was known to, you know, get pilled up, have a few drinks, and then shoot off his mouth. Hmm. But he was good friends with Diesel, uh, Scott Hall, and, you know... Like he had, and of course, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, they'd all be riding together. So he could shoot his mouth off because he has three big guys kind of backing him up. He's very much notorious at this time getting drunk and shooting off his mouth. That seems to be the thing that happens. Apparently, he was hitting on a waitress who just happened to be dating a Marine who was at this bar, saw this, did not like this. Uh, the, The incident goes that Sean, and he was out with the British Bulldog and 123 Kid. And the, the girl who was the waitress offered to drive those guys back to the hotel because they were so fucked up. But Bulldog and Kid wanted to have a little bit more fun and, and go back. They went back into the bar while Sean slept in the car. And then this is where the, show, the stories kind of vary. Uh, supposedly, a lot of people say that there's anywhere between four to nine Marines that beat up Shawn Michaels. Jesus. Um, but most most accounts from especially Kevin Nash probably says it could have been just one guy. <laughs> Sean was just completely out of it. Doesn't even remember the incident happening. He could have been. He was lying in a car, passed out with a door unlocked. So some guy could have just came over, grabbed by the throat, and just fucking went to town. Could have been a hobo. <laughs> could have been not Marines. And he could have just rolled out of the car and landed face first on the ground and like, oh fuck. I got beat up. Some of some of the like Dave Meltzer uh, sheets, but like uh, Dave Meltzer reported uh, that uh, Sean Waldman, X Pac, was there and referred to him as legitimate tough guy. Which was a joke with the click for quite a <laughs> quite an interesting pe- period of time, calling kid a legitimate tough guy. <laughs> but uh, that was something that was said because kid knew karate. Some people said that they that kid tried to do some. Well, according to Brett's book, the kid tried to do karate, but it was so pilled up he like basically fell over. <laughs> and, and British bulldog, who was like a really jack some of it, he was too pilled up to do anything. But uh, as I learned from the the Sunny shoot, this is actually where the affair with Sunny. And John Michael started mm. because he got completely beat up. Kid and Bulldog got back to the hotel with with Kid. There was a knock on Chris Candido and Sonny's door, and then like Sean got beat up. And Sonny, who was at one point in time pre med, they and they knew that they took her to the room and they were, they were looking at him and stuff like that. And just basically, she was kind of like his nurse for the night. But like she saw Sean and kind of like a very sympathetic light, and mm. that's kind of where she started to have feelings for him, which started a nine month affair that they had so uh, that's kind of how this so there's a lot of ramifications afterwards Florence Nightingale effect yeah, very much so <laughs> but then uh, Shane Douglas gets substituted in um, I mean he gets the substitute of being the Intercontinental Champion and still has the distinction of being the shortest Intercontinental Champion of all time in 15 minutes get Shane yeah and, and that's the thing too like Shane Shane Douglas Dean Douglas uh, everybody talked about like he was seen as like a number one draft pick type of guy. And mm. everybody thought that Shawn Michaels versus Dean, you know, Shane Douglas was going to change the wrestling world because they were, he was always known as this great wrestler. Mm. But through my research of, you know, talking to a lot of guys, there is, uh, you know, like Shane always claims that Razor sandbagged him on some matches mm. where that's most certainly other people claim that that's not the case. Like even like there's reference of like, you know, Scott Hall talked about one time. He goes, the only thing he remembers is one time they were wrestling in London and they basically like drank on the plane all the way there. They had little or no sleep. They basically had to go from the plane to the hotel to the venue and then wrestled. And then Shane kept saying, take it home, take it home, take it home. And he, they took it home early. And then Scott's like, hey, are you okay? Did you hurt yourself? And he's just like, she's like, no, I'm just, I'm just tired, man. And Scott's like, 
this is where I fucked up. Because <laughs> I guess like Scott yelled at him in front of the locker room. He's like, he's like, I should have pulled him off to the side. And Calmer told me, don't do that. And, you know, get it together and stuff like that. But he goes, but I didn't. I yelled at him and screamed at him. Told him to take pills. Can <laughs> take uppers if you have to. You know. And he goes, that was not good. <laughs> and, I, and I'm sorry for that. But it, you know, like Razor was. I guess he really had to work with Shane for a while, and he said he didn't like it. And Shane Douglas claimed that Razor sandbagged him, which Kevin Nash claims that wasn't the case. But then also, I believe Nash said that Kid was Sean Waltman was kind of the barometer of guys. If you couldn't have a good match with One Two Three Kid at this time, mm-hmm. you couldn't have a good match with anybody. Yeah. And apparently, One Two Three Kid's like, yeah, he's not the guy who we think it is. Mm-hmm. Also, too, there's another incident of Shawn Michaels said that one time Shane hurt his back before a Madison Square Garden show. And he pulled out because uh, his back wasn't feeling well. And Sean's like, this is fucking Madison Square Garden, you know, which is funny that Sean is saying that considering he's like, doesn't scope. This is fucking pay-per-view. Yeah. Like, just buck up and do it. Just fucking do it. You know, how many guys have wrestled over the years with concussions? But yeah. it's 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 one of those things. You know, but it, 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 I, I feel like it's important to report every side of the scenario. Mm-hmm. This is like the one part of it where I did more research than I probably should have. <laughs> for for one match that was kind of like only happened once, <laughs> you know, on a pay-per-view ever. Like there was no return to it, 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 it which is really weird because it had a really weird ending. Like mm-hmm. it seems like he would set up for a rematch, but I don't think that ever happened. Like the leg was outside and the finish yeah. was weird. Like I think they were, were trying- real slow, like... The reverse the deal, and he like he came back with the clothesline that he ducked, and it just kind of looked real awkward, like him taking him up like that and everything. And well, and I th- I think they were trying to go for like I think what happens like Shane should have had his arm on top of Razor, and Razor should mm-hmm. have had his arm on top of him, mm-hmm. and then he counted, and then he just rewarded to Razor. But I don't know. I think they were trying to go for the Harley Race Ric Flair um, NWA title thing where the mm-hmm. guys both the shoulders are down, but they awarded it to. You know, the other guy, mm-hmm. that's a Harley Race, won his last NWA world title before Starcade. Um, but yeah, I, 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 it's just really odd and awkward. And um, But yeah, Clifton, like Shane Douglas, and then, you know, this was kind of the beginning of his, beginning of his end. <laughs> the unraveling of it all, as you will. And like I said, the Shawn Michaels story is legendary, so it should be brought up and mentioned those are all that all all the sides of it i I quoted that's one thing that's nice about doing research for this time in wrestling all you got to do is just look up uh you know brett's book uh sean's shoot interview and then look up what hall and nash said now two of those sources uh have a little bit of hyperbole into them and usually aren't as accurate which is usually sean and brett but usually hall and nash Fucking on point. Right down the middle. Right down the middle. It's truthful mm-hmm. and it's taking consideration all sides. Mm-hmm. So, sorry. That was kind of the whole point of that. Oh, geek out. It's your show, man. You'll <laughs> <laughs> be a fucking nerd, dude. It's cool. <laughs> should, it should be mentioned. But other than that, I mean, the match was okay. It's passable. Mm-hmm. I mean, Razor winning it for a fourth time was like a big deal. I remember being super happy mm-hmm. when it happened. Like, because the thing is, I really wanted to see Sean versus Dean Douglas because I, I kind of had a feeling Dean Douglas was a good wrestler. And, and Sean just had an amazing match with Jeff Jarrett a few months prior, winning the Intercontinental Champion. I remember how amazing that was. Sean was just on fire right now as a wrestler. And he was babyface, mm-hmm. freshly babyface. So it was going to be an awesome match because nobody liked Dean Douglas at that time. Apparently, everybody hated him. <laughs> that was part of his undoing. <laughs> Moving right along... Um, we get to, you know, another plug for the hotline. Um, was, was this, were these hotlines supposed to be called by children? Was this like a, you know, kids get your parents' credit cards or were adults calling these lines? Like, I'm it was more for the kids. Who the it's a little was. bit more for the kids or preteen type <laughs> people and stuff like that. Right, I think right. that's kind of true. But hotlines were big money. Yeah. Like there were bucks certain, a minute. There were, there were some people that worked for wrestling companies solely could, so they could get the hotline money. Wow. Yeah. That'd be like saying that I'm solely working for this wrestling company so I can get the the online ad revenue. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like T-shirt sale. Yeah, there's just solely a T-shirt sale. But like Dennis, uh, at this moment in time, if you were to call on the hotline, what question would you ask? Uh, what are you on right now, and where can I get some of it? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Who would you ask that to? <laughs> He'd be like Marty Janetti. <laughs> Any of them, but yeah, Marty seems like he's the go-to <laughs> for this. <laughs> hey, baby, let me tell you where I get it, all right? First thing you gotta do, Marty would totally tell you. Oh, yeah, he would totally tell you. Well, like, the WWE <laughs> official sits next hey, to him. Hey, he can't talk about that. Hey, man, it's cool. Calm down, calm down. Hey, now, you're gonna see this one guy, you gotta give him the money and go around the corner, all right? <laughs> yeah, you're never gonna give the money directly to the guy who has it. Yeah. That's gonna be weird. That's gonna be weird, because that's not like any other business you deal with, but trust me. <laughs> Bro, I didn't believe it at first either, man, but I'm all right. <laughs> I only want to fuck my daughter. Yeah. It's not weird. <laughs> hey, while I got you on my hotline, hey, man, can I ask you a question? <laughs> <laughs> oh, but speaking of families... Bret Hart joins the commentary team, <laughs> whose brother... Yeah, it's a segue. Fuck well, he's, he's yeah. going to do commentary for his brother-in-law, brother British yeah. Bulldog, in the main event here. But before he does that, he has to run off Jerry the King Lawler in a very keystone copish type of way. <laughs> but like, I, I, lo- I love it, though, just Lawler running away, because that mullet flapping in the wind, <laughs> that was an amazing mullet. Was so. the king the one talking shit about Bret Hart the whole time? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, hence why he ran away. So, um, Let's see. I, I think because the idea that Bret has the, the title shot was Survivor Series, so I feel like if you're kind of a Marky Mark type person, mm-hmm. you want um, the Funky Bunch back together. Yeah. No, I mean, you want British Bulldog to win so you can get a repeat of you know, Brett versus the Bulldog, which was an amazing match at SummerSlam uh, a few years prior. But, you know, also, too, like, you know, these the Diesel match they had at Survivor Series, which ended up happening and what we got, is one of my favorite matches of mm-hmm. all time, hands yeah. down. So I, and I wouldn't have guessed that because I think I was even leaning towards I wanted Bulldog to win the title here so we yeah. take on Brett and then Brett wins the title, which they don't switch titles that fast but still. at this time. So I should I should have known. But in the back, we go to Doc Hendricks asking Diesel uh, before he walks out. And Diesel replies back. He goes, I'm feeling awful funky. <laughs> like, your dick smells? I, I, it's like, uh, you don't look funky. Are you sure you know what funky means? <laughs> Are Canadians capable of funkiness? I don't know really? if this is an inside joke of the click, and I would love it explained to me. Like, <laughs> this is the question I would ask Kevin Nash. Like, what do you mean by that? What is, what is your end game? Well, well, like, that has to be an inside joke. Like, that has to be some sort of joke on somebody that we didn't get, and I would love, I would love to know the backstory on it. But right now, let's get on the, in the foreground, which is match number six, the WWF World Title Match, Diesel taking on the British Bulldog. Um... Just a lot of fucking bulldog putting on shitty submission maneuvers. It was, like, um, did not like. It was, it, yeah. I had to skip through some of it because mm. it was like, there would be like a solid minute and a half of him just like holding his legs. It was just really boring. Yeah, and that, that was the criticism. And this is always my criticism when you work over a body part is then that person has to sell it in their comeback and then that person's comeback is less spectacular. That's yeah. why that's why I always tell students like, hey, maybe avoid picking out a body part like a leg or an arm, especially if you want to do a spectacular comeback. Because then it's not believable. Diesel had to limp around the whole match yeah. after that. And it was like, dude. And, 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 and you don't want to do that with the main event of a pay-per-view. You want to mm-hmm. be able to deliver and get some movement and some mobility and, and stuff like that. So, so maybe like... But, like, Bulldog kept putting on, like... And he, he wasn't even putting on believable submission maneuvers. Like, there's one where he just has the arms crossed. And, like, it's weird seeing the excellence of execution trying to justify what his <laughs> brother-in-law is doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is something we, lo- we learned in Stu's basement. Uh, uh, <laughs> fuck, man. Yeah, I, I, I fuck. you could just hear, like, you know, just Brett's uncomfortable. It's like, I, I have to justify this because I'm trying to do my job. But fuck this noise. Um... <laughs> But yeah, like uh, it was just it was just one of those those rough things uh, about it. So that could could have been better. And so yeah, I would I would really like to see like British Bulldog really kind of pick Diesel up and just slip behind, turn around, get the big boot, bum feed, bum feed, doing the snake eyes, and like I'd like to see a big old rah 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 mm-hmm. like baby face explosion. Or Not like two that. guys hugging on the ground for twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I I don't know whose whose really idea it was for all that and stuff like that, but. The most devastating move this whole match was to me 
was the fucking elbow drop Jim Cornette gave uh, Diesel's knee on the outside. Yeah. That looked real scary. <clears throat> oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Or the pie face that fucking Bret Hart took at the commentary yeah, table. Yeah, that's, that's what really started that concussion. <laughs> yeah. Well, then it ends like in a disqualification, and it just it was just weird. And like, this just felt like a two hour long raw before mm. they had two hour long raws. Yeah. I mean, if this, like I said, if this was on raw, this is no problem. But I mean, this is a pay per view. Yeah. And, and looking back on now monthly pay per views and stuff like that, it's very odd to look at it. But I'm sure at the time, like, no, this is how we, this how is we what do we want. it. Yeah. This is exactly what we want and how we do it. But as the legend goes, according to Bret Hart's uh, autobiography, is as soon as this match was completed, Vince McMahon took off his headset and goes, horrible. Was his exact word. <laughs> so um i don't know if that was a proclamation for the entire show there, there's reports that uh vince mcmahon yelled at kevin nash over oh, afterwards but then he might have been just commenting on the entire show and kevin nash just happened to be there both both are believable both are very believable unlike the the sharpshooter that bulldog tried to put on <laughs> um yeah, and they were talking about Nash's 10 knee surgeries. That was back in 1995. Much, like, much like Marty's demons, there's a lot further to go. <laughs> a lot more damage yet to be done. Um, but yeah, DQ finish. I don't even remember it being a DQ finish, but mm-hmm. I mean, we're just getting ready for this awesome match that fucking Kevin Nash and Bret Hart are going to have in a few months anyways. That's kind of all they're doing. Uh, but yeah, 1995 to watch an episode of Raw. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, yeah. No, none of the matches except for the main event went over 13 minutes. God sure. bless it. Yeah. It, it, just, it really just... They didn't feel that short. You think like you could have cut like... Uh, you could have cut that main event and had a really good main event and gave them like Henry Henry Godwin and Sid or something. Yeah, well that's the thing. Is, like, you could have... There would have been nothing wrong with Rad Bradford and Bob Holly. No. Like, especially like, the way Bob Holly, like people didn't like him like working with him because he worked hard yeah like it would like you could have put that on a, on a pay-per-view and it would have fine and also too like the pressure of like having Goldust go almost 11 minutes in his debut of a character but at the same time too I'm not sure Marty saw this as a situation like this is my big breakout match too I think that's part of the reason why I made note of you know how long it had been since Marty been on pay-per-view Marty's probably seen this like oh I'm gonna have this great killer match and show him that I can be just as good as Sean you mm-hmm. know and this is my way back. This is my way back, you know? Or, like, well, why wouldn't you give them, like, Brett and Yankum early to, like, get the real the house real hot, and then he beat Yankum, and that's... So it's a big deal when he comes back at the end also. He's already beat a big man. Now he's having this showdown with a big man at the end. Yeah, again, you've already done Brett and Yankum at... It's, uh, you would have already done that at SummerSlam, if I'm not Was mistaken. You, yeah, that would have already happened at SummerSlam. So, yeah, it would it would have happened at SummerSlam. Yeah. So they're, they're, that already would have would have happened. Mm. You could have started the show, but at the same time too, like Brett's probably not a big deal. I'm not jerking the curtain. Yeah, and the, the biggest thing to me is Brett is in street clothes, <clears throat> and he basically has to go all the way to the back. Like I don't know if he had his. I don't think he had his tights on. Yeah, I had to go to the back, then get dressed, and all of his stuff. Yeah. And he was that's multi-layered. Exactly. So I don't. But the thing is, those tight, those those black jeans were pretty tight. I don't mm-hmm. think he had his tights on underneath. <laughs> so to me, I think the most impressive thing in this entire pay per view is the fact that Brett was out there doing commentary and then ran to the back and then got dressed. <laughs> I want. I want to know that story because <laughs> well, that wasn't in the goddamn book. He he only had enough time to get back there for a, like a Henry O. Godwin and yes, a Sid did, match yeah. to happen for him to put his knee pads, his boots on, put and he's got the pants and he's got the singlet top. Like there's a lot of elements to his gear. <laughs> it's not just like whipping on trunks and tying up your boots. Yeah, like that's the most impressive thing of this whole pay per view. How fast <laughs> Brett got changed. After doing commentary for the main event, that's what I want to know about. And then, uh, yeah, it was, you make Yoko wrestle twice. I'm sure that was another thing, too, why Yoko was like, nah, I'm just going to kind of just fucking do this five-minute yeah. match. Especially since we're going to be the last match and people kind of want to see something, which Savio Vega and Bam Bam Bigelow. What a team. What a team. The world is deprived yeah. of seeing that. They don't even know how long the match went on Wikipedia. It just says unknown time. Unknown. <laughs> unknown time. 
but uh, that was the list. That was the Great White North. This is actually on some lists. It's recorded as the fourth or fifth worst WWE pay per view of all time. But I think that's only a reflection if you look back retrospectively, because I, I think at the time you're like, no, this is kind of yeah. what we kind of sort of had planned. And yeah, the matches could be better, but at the same time too, like, this but is they a, weren't. So fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It was like, I guarantee everybody was like, this is $20 pay-per-view. Fuck you. Yeah, you know of course. Like, this isn't one of the big ones. This is like, like it's just a longer version of yeah. Raw. Yeah. And I think this is when they people had to really realize like, hey, um, we probably need to do better mm. at these things. And they did progressively get better over time, but also too, they're getting an influx of Stone Cold Steve Austin coming in. You know, Sean's breaking out as their champion and he wants to prove that he's the fucking... You know, best on the card, and that's and that's something that, to be said that they, they made a point like, hey, we can't have not have Sean and not have Brett on a pay per view, yeah, and because this is what happens, yeah. this is a perfect example of it, and also too, like you know, Razor is a big part of that formula too of always having a great match, and you had Razor wrestle twice, yeah, which I gotta believe though, since we made fun of him. How bad do you think Marty was politicking? I'll do, I'll, I'll do double. I'll, I'll wrestle the Intercontinental. Hey man, let me put a hood on, man. I'll come out there. I'll be Dean Douglas for these two. Yeah, he, he, he probably was like, "Come on, I'll replace Sean, and then you could have, you know, because they, they want to go Razor and Gold does anyways eventually." But. You have me and Sean. I'm like, man, maybe I put him through a barbershop window this time. Maybe I win the Continental Belt, and then me and Sean could feud again. You know what I'm saying? Like, I guarantee that was discussed. Yeah. Hey man, I'm saying I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. But uh, Dennis, any other thoughts about the Great White North? It was just really boring. Um, that's my main problem with it. I mean, like, it, compared to other... And I've seen full... Like, I've seen a, a few now since last time I, we, we well, talked like about Monday wrestling. Like Monday Night Raw's Yeah, I've seen that. Goddamn okay. wrestling snob over here. But, but see that... Just compared to the stuff that I've seen done, like, recently, yeah. nowadays, it's just, like, it's not on the same level. And it there's nothing, like, kind of giving it, like, a... Like, oh, it's it's okay, I understand, because it was back then. I'm like, this isn't, you know, happening back then doesn't really, like, excuse it for not being, like, very well, like, put together and the matches being kind of like a drag. And I, I don't know. It's, it's kind of boring. Yeah, and I think that, but I think it also has that sense of so, some of these awful shows, or quote-unquote awful shows, have a stigma because there's some sort of thing around it, like... Shawn Michaels getting beat up outside of Syracuse or like, you know, there's always some big drama around it that people remember. And the idea of Vince McMahon took his headset off and said, horrible, as soon as this thing's over, you know? And so I'm sure that, that you know, all those things kind of trump it up and kind of push it up that list to be mm-hmm. in the top 10 worst of all time for most people and mm-hmm. most people in their minds. But like right. I said, this is the type of thing they were doing in 1995 and listening to Kevin Nash's talk about 1995 today and, and, and you know research for this podcast it sounded depressing <laughs> and, and obviously the product sounds had, horrible yeah he was talking about like you know they would only get 50 bucks to for to do tvs and like you know Damn. they would only get some house shows were not very good they were going to poughkeepsie like which are towns that i go to and they were only getting 200 dollars, 300 dollars, and then guys are traveling you're on the road 25 days out of a month mm-hmm. and you're just struggling to to make that money because there was no money to go around but you're making 50 bucks of tvs a couple hundred bucks in other places and you know paying for hotels and rent a cars and cramming a couple of guys in a room and you're on the road all the time like i got the press just listening to it mm-hmm. so yeah the tough times and obviously the in-ring work kind of reflected it so i was things got better and guys were making money no wonder why 1997 was so good mm-hmm. Anything else before we wrap this up, gentlemen? I think we nailed it. Okay. Uh, dates coming up. I, me and Dennis, you and I together, we're promoting a show, All Organic Comedy Open Mic at the Evening Muse, September 20th. Oh, show so t- soon. Excited. Yeah, so this this is actually going to come out this Thursday. Is there anything else you want people to know, Dennis? Uh, it's coming up here pretty soon. Uh, I, got, I got a couple shows coming up, uh, but nothing crazy. You know, just some mics, stuff like that. Let me see here. Okay. Well, like I said, the All Organic Show, uh, Luke Mons and Dave Spector will be our comedians. They'll be in town from New York City, so make sure you check that out, the All Organic Open Mic. 
Also, too, the day after, like, Luke and Dave will be at the Cabarrus Brewing Company for me, which will be September 21st. So. Hey, when are you going to put me on one of those, man? I'll put you on, I'll, I'll put you on soon. We'll, we'll, we'll discuss some dates as soon as we get off here. Yes! I'm, I'm, I'm booked up through October, and then after that, I'm wide open. So I'll put you I'll put you in contact with the guy that puts that together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zane, you got anything you want people to know about before we get out of here? Uh, you said it's coming out this Thursday? This Thursday, yes. Uh, I got a thing with you. Okay. Is that that's this Thursday? That's this. Um, uh, that's this I mean, Sunday, look, right? Yeah, it's Sunday. I, I we I, I told you that the guy doesn't even know exactly where the building's gonna be. So that's so. a thing. Uh, <clears throat> and then we got big time wrestling next week. Yep. Uh, uh, Raleigh and Spartanburg. Yep. I'm, and then AML on the thirtieth. There we go. I'm I'm a little bit lighter. I got a lot of comedy shows coming up. Uh, you know, I got uh, Christian Moyen. Uh, on a Sunday, I think it's the twenty fourth and stuff like that. But they, as always, any any information about shows and stuff like that, people can just get in contact with me. And also, any corrections or thoughts about this podcast, make sure you tweet at me at Man Scout Manning. If you want to email me at Jake at sslshow.com. Also, too, guys, make sure you check out the website HowDidThisGetBooked.com. I'm going to be updating that, and I just updated it with um, some new t-shirts. I got my own personal merch. I got t-shirts for the show, How Did This Get Booked t-shirts. Also, I have my new Under for Life t-shirts. They're all available at HowDidThisGetBooked.com. Also, too, have more information about the next show we will be discussing. I'm going to give you a little bit more time on that. I know I've been letting that slip, but I'm going to update that website here in the next couple days. Also, too, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, SoundCloud. Also, too, Zane, let you know we have a new review written. And like Did I that said, one guy write just a second one? Uh, no, no. Oh. And it's part somebody who's taken me up on the challenge that anytime uh, I have a new review, there I said I will say your name uh, every single time on this podcast uh, until I get another new review. Okay. Now, Charlotte comedian Evan Pitfield, oh Jesus fuck, took me up on that challenge. Knowing that it's going to might be a while before another review gets written, so he wants me to say Evan Pitfield on a podcast every single time we have an episode. Such a Pitfield move. Yeah, he, he just wrote a review on iTunes. Classic Evan. Classic Evan, who wrote five thousand jokes for WCW Sin <laughs> on an episode we just wanted to go fifty minutes. <laughs> so um, he's literally the worst person in the world. Yes. So so he's getting some free advertisement for his comedy right now. We have to say his name every single every single episode until somebody else writes another review. So anybody out there, now would be a good time to write. Normal a Dennis will run home. You have your computer right here. You could write, yeah, Dennis. You could write a review, and it's an Apple laptop, so I'm sure you can get an iTunes immediately. And it'll go right up there. I so. don't have any internet access here. Okay, well, well as soon as you get do. home, if you write a review, then I will say normal Dennis on every single episode until somebody else writes another <laughs> your review. Your review should just be, fuck Evan. <laughs> yeah. iTunes might accept it. Yeah. Uh, we, we, we don't know. So. <laughs> Who knows how that stuff works? Exactly. I barely do. Maybe we'd have more people listening. But anyways, this has been another edition of How Did This Get Booked? Woo!